Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And I told you guys, as I keep telling you every single week, I keep bringing in the legends. I keep bringing in the showstoppers. I got to bring those people in for season four. And we've got none other than uh, someone that's actually quite, I've been following for some time and trying to get her on my show for nearly a year now. And that is Regan Hillier. Regan, thank you for being here. Mm, thank you so much for having me i'm excited for this conversation yeah you have no idea like just seriously ever since uh courtney basically sent me your profile i was like yes i think it, that was the quickest response i've ever given her <laughs> which like do you want to interview so and so i was like yes and she was like seriously do you know who she is I was like she's friends with my friend aj he loves her so obviously yeah that's that's just like a connection made right away just a real quick shout out to our sponsors as always for this episode we're sponsored by reganhillier.com that's r-e-o-s-r-e-g-a-n-h-i-l-l-y-e-r.com links will be in the description as always we're also sponsored by the abrasiveentrepreneur.com and also adelamarcy.com head on over there check us out on itunes uh, for adelamarcy unplugged rate comment share subscribe always always welcome to hear and see those things so regan very quickly to jump in right now you're pretty much just globe trotting and kind of having fun helping people build their lifestyles and their businesses right yes correct yeah i think already this year i've been in the states new zealand um about to head to bali i've been in peru off to malaysia soon so very much all over the world <laughs> That's amazing. So something I really just right off the bat, because, you know, I've got to ask you this because of our time today is I read somewhere that you went from like 100 grand in debt and your mentor told you about the 80-20 principle, specifically about how your mindset was what what need to be fixed in order for your strategy to work. Now, my curiosity here is we hear that all the time. What was it specifically in your mindset that needed to shift? That's a great question. I think everything in my mindset needed to shift at that point in time. Um, I really had very, very, very little awareness of of mindset and of personal development. I wasn't brought up, um, you know, reading any of the books or being in the industry, and so I had I had no idea of anything um, from conditioning yourself to succeed to having a, a daily practice um, to even, you know, thinking positive thoughts and changing your belief systems to restructuring, uh, you know, resistance that shows up unconsciously. I had no idea of any of it. So, yeah, there was a lot that needed to shift, especially in the beginning. That's incredible. So what was like one of the most important things, in your opinion, that was the linchpin, not so much the linchpin, but more or less what would you account as the critical practice that really got you out of that and started to shift your focus yeah absolutely i mean the tool that i've loved to use and still love to use is journaling and for me it's just an easy tangible way to dig into the mindset work you know you can you can use meditation or even just conversation to figure this stuff out but for me it was really easy to sit down just with paper and pen and you know for me one of the biggest things um, that shifted for me and also that I still do a lot of work on is rewiring my belief system. And so, you know, a lot of people know the concept of if you believe that it's going to be good and it's going to be easy, then it will be. And if you believe it's going to be hard, then it will be. And so, you know, just really having that understanding that underneath the surface, we are creating our own reality and we're creating how it happens and how easy it gets to be. And so I'm always looking at, 
you know, where am I holding myself back? Where have I developed um, limits around my belief system where something has to be harder or it has to take a certain amount of time or it's not possible right now? And where can I dig into those constructs and basically start to rewire them and reframe them um, so that I am setting myself up to succeed from the inside out? That's incredible. See, I just love it when people do stuff like that because it's really interesting to me. Um, particularly when it comes, to, well, particularly when it comes down to um, journaling. Main reason is because, again, by trade, I write copy, but surprisingly enough, and it's becoming more and more apparent as the year goes on. I'm going back into doing video and voice work because of my voice and my ability to be on camera is completely different to me writing and sitting in a room and enjoying that. But nothing gives me as much pleasure sitting down with a, with a notepad and just writing down my thoughts by hand, not so much by computer. I feel there's like a disconnect. So my question really is whenever I write down my own journal, my process is more or less looking at my wins, what I could have learned, what I wanted to do better and where I'm actually on the track of I'm weird when I write my journals. I actually draw out a map in at the start of my journals where I'm like, okay, I'm here and I make it look like the globe and I go, I want to get over here. What's the what's the process? Where do I need to go? I make a little bit of an adventure for myself. So I do that every day and see what I'm doing as a step forward or what I'm taking a step back, why I'm resting where I'm resting. My question for you here is, what do you do in your journal that's different? Because everyone has like a different process. Yeah, they, they definitely do. And, and I love your process. It definitely sounds like it's working for you as well. Um, for me, you know, I, I really love writing my reality into reality. And so, you know, I really believe that um, manifestation is our natural state, but so many people have just forgotten how to dream. And so I'm always asking myself questions like, you know, what is my big picture vision? And what am I really looking to call into my life? And if I was to totally unapologetically ask for what I want, what would I want in my life? And then I just start writing and I start cycling through you know, every area of my life, even if, um, if there's one or two things, like maybe there's a money goal or a business goal I'm focusing on, I still include my relationships and my health because I want to manifest in a holistic way where I'm not leaving anything to luck and chance. And so I really get into this place where when I'm writing, when I'm journaling like this, I'm not writing, oh, well, I would love to be this and have that. And it would be great if this would happen. Instead, I'm writing it as if it's done. And so, you know, my, my journaling will often look like, you know, I'm so happy and grateful that this massive money goal of X amount has just landed in my bank account. I'm so happy and grateful um, that my relationship has shifted to the next level and here's how I know that. And so I'm really painting a detailed picture of what it looks like to have that in the now um, because I believe that's one of the big keys around manifestation is you need to embody it now knowing that it's done in order for it to show up because if you're constantly putting it out in the future, it's always going to be out in your future and you might get close to it um, but this is kind of like a little a cheat hack way to actually start pulling your manifestations into your physical reality right now oh yeah no i definitely agree with you on that one that's something that um i picked up what's his name the master key system recently because i read mm -hmm. that i read that book yeah. when i was 18 or 19 years old um like my second year as a pro copywriter i remember like picking what that was one of the big books i picked up and it was like right into your basically act as if it has already happened. So when I was writing ads, one of the things I actually wrote, because um, this is like the big win that broke me out of where I was and into this like initial spotlight and then my belief system like completely caved because uh, it was mm -hmm. too fast of a growth, which can happen. So few people actually understand it can rapidly grow, but if you're not capable of sustaining that, it will collapse onto itself and you just got to basically incrementally pull out, uh, constantly push out to yeah. actually grow. So what I did was I actually wrote in saying this ad that I'm writing for this client because it was the most money 
I'd ever been paid uh, at 19 slash 19 years old was about 5,000 US dollars, so three and a half thousand pounds for a real estate seminar. I was going to get 3% on the back end. And uh, mm-hmm. I, my listeners have had the story in the past, but real quickly, what they don't know is I used to write out every single day. Um, I wouldn't even say I'm, ha- I'm so happy and grateful. I'm just like, I did this. This is what happened today. This is what I did. I wrote another another version of this and every version I write, I'm getting closer and closer to finding the gold mine angle that I want on this letter. Um, and you know, it's, I think the day that I sent it in, I even wrote to myself saying, this is going to be a multi-million pound launch. They're going to come back at me and they're going to constantly just praise me and it's going to launch my career. Needless to say, three weeks later, it did 3.5 million pounds in a week. Wow, wow. so good. (laughs) Yeah, and I think my commission check was like 80,000 pounds, which was like unheard of for me at the time. It was like, wow. Right. Crazy times. Now, that's amazing. Jumping off that, as you're an actual traveler, and I love asking people this. So, two things. uh, One, what is your diet like? Are you a vegetarian, a vegan, or do you just eat everything? So I like to be known as a fritarian. <laughs> so cool. I, I tend that. to <laughs> I tend to eat um, reasonably healthy most of the time. Um, my diet is mainly um, pescatarian, actually. So um, you know, a lot of um, yeah, correct. So I have a lot of I guess vegetables and also a lot of vegan food, um, but not strictly. And then also, yeah, I love um, seafood and salmon and things like that, and integrating that in as well. So it's really just not um, I guess chicken, beef, or lamb. I think pork, um, which I'm eating. So yeah, I, I mean, I love listening to my body and really asking myself, what do I need today? And what feels really good to put in my body and then kind of following um, that instead of sticking to um, a set of hard and fast rules, basically. Oh, that's pretty cool. See, I like that people should, I believe people should eat what makes them happy. But the reason I asked that is quite simply, with that being said, where have you found your favorite meal on planet Earth that you've actually gone there and said, this place, every time I come here, I have to eat at this place? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I think there's so many. I love food. <laughs> so, so what's okay, a, let's go with the top five. What is what is Regan's top five? And oh where? Goodness, and there, where? Because there like, are so you, many. You know the my yeah. listeners everywhere are gonna be like, yo, go go check this place out. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, definitely, you know, every time I'm in Bali, um, there's this little Spanish tapas restaurant, which is in Seminyak called Babacoa, and they just do the best tapas you can think of from they have amazing wine through to, uh, you know, the best uh, kind of this fried cheese dish that was so good um, <laughs> right through to, to, you know, the chocolate cake at the end. Like Ooh. everything's amazing. Um, so I love that. But, I, you know, I love wherever I am in the world eating the local food as well. So I noticed, you know, whenever I come to New Zealand, one of the first things I want is New Zealand oysters and New Zealand whitebait and things like that. Um, so I tend to, to always try and find um, where I am, the, the best of the local cuisine and, and really enjoy that. Okay, cool. So, huh. see, I'm, I'm surprised chicken wings or steaks or pancakes didn't make that list when you're in the US because like my, my trip, um, <laughs> I'm planning a trip later this year, uh, if not earlier next year to the US. And um I'm basically doing a, uh, I'm doing a chicken wing tour from New York to LA. Wow. I'm stopping in every city. (laughs) Sounds extreme. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna, this is the reason why I'm taking my jujitsu stuff with me because I know for every chicken wing I need, uh, every six chicken wings, I need to work out for two hours in the gym. So I'm like, (laughs) okay, so that's that's like a good balance. I can have chicken wings, I can work out, or I'll, I'll work out first and have chicken wings after, you know. I love it. That that's the way my brain's thinking of all of this. (laughs) 
Um, so good. Oh, you gotta love it. So, again, as you probably noticed, this show isn't just a bunch of like questions that we just asked. I'm just really just curious more than anything about you because you you genuinely fascinate me because um, I think I'm only ever so slightly older than you because I'm 28 and 29 this year, and mm-hmm. it, and it really surprises me in a good way. Like it's an amazing way when I see other people that came up around the same time I did and they're just killing it at a high level. In your opinion, yeah. what was the, th- not so much what was the thing, but like, do you believe that social enterprise and the way that social media has opened up doors has made it easier or more difficult for people to actually succeed now? Uh, I think it's made it a whole lot easier. You know, I often joke and say, I literally wouldn't have my businesses if the internet wasn't there. Um, so I'm very, very, very grateful um, to the internet. You know, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. There are just so many avenues which have opened up. I think it's easy for people to think that there's a lot of noise and they're going to get lost online. But I think if you understand the principles of branding and sharing your authentic message and standing out and calling in your soulmate tribe, and if you're really creating from your heart, then I think it's the most incredible tool and most incredible platform in the world see i love that because i i completely agree but let's look into like a little bit more strategy here so say you didn't actually know your soul tribe and i'll say i'll i'll freely admit to it up until 2018 i had this weird idea that i could serve everyone every time because i get bored so easily Mm. that i just work with everyone it's just like dude this is so much easier for me to work with everyone rather than niche it down for you Mm -hmm. personally how did you actually like not even manifest but how did you carve out your soul tribe how did you go to them and say those are the people i want to spend time with and those are the people i want to hang out with yeah definitely so i think so many people when it comes to creating their community and calling in their tribe they're they're looking outside of themselves and they're looking at what other people do and they're looking at you know what should i be doing or what am i good at and who's that going to speak to and they're kind of lost in this world of should 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 and i think for me especially when i when i launched my online business I kind of just ignored all the rules and instead just asked myself, like, who do I really want to serve? Like, who's really exciting to me? And, you know, I'd noticed myself in business before thinking, well, I have to work with these people here because that's where I'm at. But my dream is to really work with these people. And I think the big thing to know with tribe building is that there's no ladder. It's not like you are online for two years and then you get a certificate and then you can graduate to people you actually love working with. Like, you get to choose and you get to choose when you call those people in and you can call them in right now. And so for me, with tribe building, you know, I sat down and I continue to refine this, but I I literally asked myself, you know, who is my soulmate tribe? Um, You know, what kind of people are these people and who do I really want to serve and help and inspire and touch? And, you know, then I I really got into the emotional side of it. So for me personally, I'm not so interested in the demographics of, you know, where are they and how old are they and what's their income bracket? And, you know, of course, there's some general things around that, but I'm really not that bothered about it. Instead, what I care about is, you know, what are these people's dreams? What are their deepest desires you know what keeps them lying up late at night staring at the ceiling wishing something was different what are their fears what are they concerned about what do they really wish other people knew about them like if you can really tap into that stuff and if that is in alignment with who you actually want to serve then the minute you start speaking to that you know that's when people show up and and they're asking you like hey how can I work with you oh my goodness like I just saw your content I swear you wrote that just for me you're talking directly to me like I get messages like that daily Um, but that's because I understand how to call my tribe in in an emotional way and in a way where it's in alignment with the truth of who I actually want to serve right now. That's pretty cool. See, I love the fact that you actually went in with that because so many people, and I asked that question specifically to see how people respond, but I think it's, um, 
it, it's palpable because I've had a few people actually respond, oh, you want to do this, this, and this, and kind of look here and search it out, find your avatar, but you kind of went with, no, who do I want to work with? Where do I want to serve? Mm. What do I want to go with? And that's far more powerful. Now, as someone that does speak on stage, like yourself, what is one of the things that really terrifies you about going on stage? Or is it just pure excitement? Because it, it's a dichotomy that I found. You're either mm. 100% into it and excited to go on stage, or you're terrified and the moment you open your mouth, you're like, you're comfortable. What, <laughs> yeah. Which one are you? Yeah. No, definitely. I've, um, I, I mean, I'm a mixture. I've, I think I've learned to switch the fear to excitement. Um, it used to be really terrifying for me. Um, and, you know, I really started speaking um, nearly 10 years ago um, because I was terrified and, and I consider myself a, a huge introvert and it was not one of the things I wanted to do. But I knew that ultimately if I wanted to impact more people, um, then it was a great avenue to do that. So I think I've learned to, to transform um, that energy into excitement. Um, but I think one one of the most um, daunting things which um, creates the fear because I have looked into like where is this fear coming from like is it a is it a fear of being judged is it a fear of being seen like what's really going on and for me you know whenever I stand on a stage um, especially if it's a large stage I, I really feel a, a depth of responsibility um, you know for when I open my mouth and for how those people are going to receive my message and and the 30 minutes or 90 minutes that I have with them you know how, how their life's going to be different and I really feel feel that energetic sense of responsibility and I think that's one of the big things that used to freak me out you know what if I don't serve these people to my highest what if they're still lost and stuck and confused by the time I finished speaking you know and really realizing that it was on me um to to share in a way where I could connect and inspire them and actually move them to take action and change their lives um so yeah I think that's one of the more daunting things but I use it to drive me instead of getting stuck in it see I love that Using fear to drive you is one of the coolest things that people can do, but they just don't do often enough. So switching gears a mm. little bit here, what's something that you do outside of business? Like, what are some of your personal hobbies that you really just like kind of tune that, to help you tune out of this or kind of find help you recharge your batteries? Yeah, it's interesting. I get asked that question here and there. And, um, you know, I'm so madly in love with my life and my business. And my business is so blurred throughout my life that I, I don't really find myself doing things to try and escape it. I used to, you know, 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh, I've worked so much. I need to stop. I need to switch off. I need to go away for a week. Um, but now, you know, I find that everything is, is very interlinked. So anything that I'm doing in my life, I, I make an intentional decision to bring that into my business and to monetize it. So, for example, you know, I was just over in um, in Hawaii with my with my parents, and I decided to take them out on a boat for a day. But on the boat, I was also live streaming, and I was sharing messages, and then taking photos, and then turning that into a blog post. But that was my fun for the day. <laughs> um, so it's all very interwoven and interlinked. And um, I guess ultimately, you know, I love doing um, stuff outdoors. I love doing stuff in nature. I love really seeing and experiencing the countries which I'm in, and making the most of that. Um, and then bringing that and those elements into my business at the same time see i love the fact that you actually inter interweave it and i guess i phrased my question wrong but you ended up answering what i wanted to ask anyway which is more or less like what is it what are the creative pursuits that you pursue um not outside of business to escape it but to supplement it like to give an example um mm. for me one of my one of my passions is music i love playing the piano the ukulele um, and I love writing art, like I, I, not even just writing art, but drawing art and then using the art background I have to, and this is something I haven't yet released, so the listeners are like, hey, we want to see it, you will see it as time goes on. 
but I actually create poetry out of the artwork that I create. So I actually inter- that's very cool. Interweave, uh, intertwine, and um, weave in words of actual uh, poetry into every single piece that I create. So it's actually a lot of fun. But that's essentially what I meant to mm. ask, and um, you kind of already told me it's like you like to just very much uh, experience the cultures around you wherever you go. No. That's right. Yeah, definitely. And anything outdoors as well. And, you know, I'm really into music as well. I've actually just written, um, I had a song released end of last year and then no I've got another four songs coming out in a month. Yeah, which is really cool. And it's um, partnered up with a, a friend of mine, Lakeisha Michelle, who's an amazing singer. And so we basically wrote the music together, laid it down. It's her vocals. And then I'm doing, um, I guess, motivational spoken word over the top, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, it's good fun. Um, so if you go to iTunes, if you put my name into iTunes or um, Spotify or any of that, the song that's out at the moment is called Surrender. So you guys can go and listen to that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. See, I always love listening to like new motivational music because mm-hmm. every single like music is so interwoven and interlinked to like different areas of my life. Uh, it's ridiculous. Like I said, one of my passions is doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So before I actually do any comps and stuff like that, I have to have a certain playlist playing to get me into the mood to go in and do what I need to do. Whereas at the same time, when I'm working, I like to have certain creative uh, music lists that I can actually work into. So I'm probably going to add that to my workload, to be fair, because it'd be quite nice just to listen to and have to uh, to chill out to. Now That's as, awesome. Now, as far as it goes with, like, books, um, I'm assuming you read mostly... Uh, well, this is an assumption, so of course I'm going to make an ass out of me and you, or you <laughs> and me, depending on how you look at it. Yay. Um, <laughs> is the idea of, like, I'm assuming you read mostly, like, nonfiction books, but do you ever read fiction books as well, or is that something you kind of just kind of gone? No, I'm not really reading into any fiction right now. Yeah, I haven't read a fiction book probably for a very long time. Actually, now now you mention it, I mean, most of them are around personal development, self help, money, business, um, that side of things. Yeah. Oh no, I totally relate. Like out of the four hundred plus books in my apartment, I think about. Th- 390 of them are business self-development and 10 of them are like um (laughs) fiction like one of my favorite fiction books of course is uh i love the harry potter series because i grew up on that Mm -hmm. but also stuff like uh the godfather which if you've never read Mm -hmm. by the way recommended just just recommend that and to anyone listening i'd recommend uh chris carter's crime thriller novels not just so much to read, but from a, from a business psychology and um, what's it called? Getting someone interested through story. Great way. Mm, great, cool. great stuff to read. Uh, so what are some of your favorite like self-development books and business books and money books? Just overall, like top five. If anyone, if someone came up to you right now and said, okay, because they are kind of coming up to you and asking this, Regan, what are the top five <laughs> books that I should read? Um, to go from where I am, which is where you were 18, 19, to becoming like mm-hmm. you in the sense of like, I have this manifest, this mindset. What are the five books in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the books that have probably made the most profound impact on me is um, Think and Grow Rich, definitely um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That I mean, I've read that book so many times, and every time I reread it, I'm like, this bit wasn't in here before. You know, it's always <laughs> yeah. like a new part that you're <laughs> ready to see. Um, I love the book The Go-Giver. Um, I think Not that's a, a really – yeah, a really amazing book in terms of um, leadership and business. Um, I remember reading The E-Myth um, as one of my kind of earlier business books. And, um, yeah, I've read, I've read that many times as well. Um, what else? Um, 
probably the four agreements actually would be a staple personal development book for me. And don't just read that book. Like if you can read that book and live by that book, your life will be very different. That's pretty awesome. I love your recommendations there. Now, real quickly, have you actually reached out to Bob yet, like Bob Berg? No, I haven't. Uh, if you want, I'll make the introduction to you guys. He's like the sweetest dude in the world, by the way. Just he's absolutely oh, such so a sweet cool. guy. He's actually been with me since the start of my develop my, my journey when I was 18. It was like the wow. strangest thing. I reached out to him when I was 18 years old and he was so lovely. He used to read my sales letters and send back feedback and be like, I think wow. you should change this. I sent him a book I wrote um, on how to write better email copy and he wrote back saying, this is valuable. You should hold on to this, but repackage it when you've done a few more things, add a few testimonials. I was like, thanks, Bob. Wow. And got him on the that show. That is so well. cool. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when you find people like that. you you got to have them in your life. Um, Me too. And that, that brings me to like one of my favorite things. Uh, it's actually something I haven't really asked, but something that came up for me is this idea of cheerleaders, of having people that, lead, that, that cheer you on when no matter, when everything else just seems to be going out of whack. you got these mm. cheerleaders. You personally, I've, I've got to ask, do you personally have like a cheer squad for you that actually keep you going and motivating you, motivating you to move forward? Yeah, I definitely do. And, and I think I've really intentionally um, created that in my life, especially early on, you know, when you're in these places where you kind of realize that, hmm, you know, there are people out there that can see greatness in you that you can't necessarily see at that moment. You know, I had many of my early mentors go, wow, Regan, you know, you're amazing. You could do this and this. And I just remember thinking, really, me? You know, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> um, yeah. But then I realized they were seeing parts of myself that I couldn't see yet. And so I intentionally kept those people around. And, you know, I, I have some cheerleaders um, that were, you know, with me from the very beginning of this journey um, that are still in my life and, and are still mentors and I still reach out to them. Um, my dad is an amazing cheerleader. And I remember from a really, really early age him telling me, hey, look, you can do anything that you put your mind to. You know, anything is possible. And that really stuck with me. Um and I think my biggest group of cheerleaders um, is my team. You know, we have over 35 team members at Regan Hillier International and they're just, they're all amazing cheerleaders and they're so excited about the vision and all the people that we get to serve and everything that we're creating. Um, and they're also cheerleaders that aren't afraid to kick my ass either. You know, they, they really boss me and they're like, hey, Regan, like, you need to do this and you need to get this content done and like this needs to be up yesterday, um, which is really cool. And it, it is all in the name of cheerleading in that way, which is, which is very cool. See, I love that you have that because it's just brilliant when you have the right supportive team around you. Um, so something you did mention that I wanted to just quickly touch upon is Regan Hillier uh, International. Like, what is, is that your training company overall or is that just um, a subset of your online business? Yeah, so that's that's my education company as a whole, and so that includes the um, the online events, and then we also run some live events and uh, you know events over in Peru and retreats and Bali and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's everything education based basically. That's amazing. I love that. So we're coming up to like one of my favorite parts of the show, and it's these two very uh, powerful questions. I'm gonna keep you around a little bit just after, but in particular for this section, it's the first question I have is when you had. Uh, when you've actually had, because I know everyone has had this, where, you, where your confidence has been knocked down so low that you're not really sure how you're going to get back out, but obviously you did and you do. But in that moment, what helped you rebuild the foundations to sky to help you skyrocket out of that position? Yeah, definitely. I, I think for me, when I find myself 
you know, in those energies and in those moments. Um, I just, I really realized that a couple of things, you know, firstly, my, my external environment is, it's got nothing to do with where I'm going, basically. You know, a simple example is if someone looks at their bank account now, they're like, oh, that's how much money I have. That, that doesn't mean anything in relation to where they're actually going financially in the future. And so it's easy to get caught up in that and say, well, this is my world and that must mean that this means that. Um, so I just disconnect from that. I kind of, I'm aware of where I'm at in the moment that my confidence has been knocked or that the shit has hit the fan or whatever's going on. Um, but I know it doesn't mean anything. And so from that place, I disconnect and I go within and I really nurture myself in the way of asking myself, you know, what do I actually need right now? And often it's it's pouring some really good quality things in. It might be a conversation with a mentor. It, it might be watching um, something on YouTube that's really inspiring that reconnects me to my vision and maybe one of the books we talked about. Um, whatever it is, I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I'm feeding myself with the good stuff. You know, you talk about um, putting the good stuff in and then that's going to condition you to create the good stuff out. And so, yeah, I think those are the big things, not getting wrapped up in the external circumstances, disconnecting and then feeding myself with the right things. See, I love the fact that you do that. It's just so powerful. It sounds, it's going to sound really strange, but it's, it's it's so simple that it can be overlooked, but it's so simple it's effective. And a lot of the times, whatever is simple is most effective um, uh-huh. in that case. Now, my favorite question, obviously, to ask is kind of like a recap of everything that we just talked about, but not entirely because you might have something that you really want to share out there. And that is, if you were to give three pieces of advice to a business owner right now, that's either plateaued, going through a tough time, or even more so, they just they, they want to find their soul tribe. What pieces of advice would you give them? Cool. So I would say, firstly, um, they need to reconnect with their vision. I think too many people in life never get what they desire because they're not actually clear on what they want. And it's not enough to say, you know, financial freedom or more time freedom. Like, what does that actually look like? How much is that per day, per year? Like, what does that look like? Um, why are you actually doing this? You know, so really reconnecting from that place. Um, the second thing I'd be looking at is who do you need to be in order to embody that vision? I'm such a big believer that we don't get in life what we do. You know, if that was the case, then everyone working a ridiculous amount of hours per day would have everything that they dreamed of, but it's not true. And so you want to start looking at, well, what version of you do you need to bring to the table? What is the highest version of you show up like? So, you know, how does this version of you walk and talk and think and act and what, what do they no longer tolerate and who do they surround themselves with and how do they feel themselves every day? Uh, so really getting into that place. And then the last piece is the action step. And that's going, okay, cool. I'm clear on my vision and where I'm going. I'm clear on the version of me that I need to embody to really bring this vision to the table. And then asking myself thirdly, you know, what does that version of me do? What action do I take? What's the aligned action for me to speed up this manifestation process? And then that's when you obviously go and do it. It's okay. I'm going to call this person. I'm going to stop being around these people. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to launch that new product. Like whatever the action piece is that feels aligned, it's acting from that place. But knowing that if you just do step number three, which is what so many people do they're just trying all these things and being busy for the sake of being busy and hoping some strategy will get them to where they want to go if they don't combine that with the vision and the identity piece um it's a long and hard road so magic happens when you combine those three that's amazing see i love that you did that thank you for sharing those now real quickly as we as we wrap up the show where somewhere someone could go to actually find out more about you really understand more or like attend one of your events or be a part of your journey. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can go to reganhillier.com or any of the social media platforms. It's all under Regan Hillier. So if you reach out on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that and just let us know that you heard this interview and you want to find out more and um, we can point you in the right direction from there. That's pretty cool. Uh, Regan, thank you so much for taking the time today to uh, be here and do the podcast. Guys, check out Regan's uh, site, reganhillier.com. Links, again, will all be in the description below as well as everything that we've mentioned. Um, and again, thank you for being here. We really appreciate you taking the time today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Guys, I'll see you next week on another episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged. Take care, guys. Bye.